Hey, good morning, everybody. I trust that you are well. Thank you, Andrew. Good to see you this morning. I like the T-shirt, don't you? Um, come on, Laura, put them somewhere where we can buy them. They're very cool. Um, right, well, this morning, I want to prophesy. Is that okay? I want to bring what I believe is the word of the Lord, which is a little bit different to teaching. Um, it's not going to be so much line upon line teaching, but I want to, at the beginning of this year, uh, and I think we should, you know, unwrap this over the next few weeks. We really need to hear from God. We need the direction of heaven. And so I just finished uh, a new book called The Divine Reset. And I'll talk about that in a minute. And I've got some of the kind of skeleton plan of it here. And I'm going to share some of those things, plus some new things, some that even God shared with me uh, first thing this morning. And um, I want us to begin to get aligned with what God is saying, because there's nothing more powerful uh, than that. First thing this morning, I woke up to a quite a vivid vision. And in the vision, I was accelerating down a road super quickly and I was speeding through things. And then I found myself speeding through some quite scary stuff really quick, like I was going through uh, some kind of creepy fairground ride, you know what I mean, with creepy faces. But I was speeding through it. Then I found myself on an open road. And again, I was accelerating along an open road. I really feel God is bringing us into a season, a moment of acceleration right now. Um, we We've been in uh, something of a pause. I'll share more about that in a moment. But I really believe acceleration is coming. So I prophesy that over you this morning uh, in the way that it came to me. In fact, I then, something that I'll often do is I'll start my day by just checking out what's called the Daily Light. It's a little app. It used to be a little book. And all it does is collect verses together. And it's a great way just to make sure, little, little good habit for life, make sure your first thought in the morning uh, before you try and look at the news headlines or social media or whatever it is that you do, the newspapers, um, get the word of God on you first thing. There's something about the clean slate of your mind and your soul first thing in the morning. So I'll often reach for my daily light just to read a little collection of scriptures before I even look at anything else. And so I had this vivid vision of accelerating down a road. Then I opened up my daily light and this is what it said. He led them on a level road. The Lord found Jacob in a desolate land, in an empty wasteland where animals howl. He continually guarded him and taught him. He continually protected him like the pupil of his eye. Like an eagle that stirs up its nest, that hovers over its young, so the Lord spread out his wings and took him. He lifted him up on his pinions. The Lord alone was guiding him. Even when you're old, come on everybody, I will take care of you. Even when you've got grey hair or no hair, okay, I did that bit, I will carry you. I made you and I will support you. I will carry you and rescue you. There's a collection of verses, okay, not from one place. It goes on. He restores my strength. He leads me down the right path for, right, for the sake of his reputation. Even when I must walk through the darkest valley, that's that scary bit I was, I was uh, going through. I will fear no danger for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they reassure me. The Lord will continually lead you. He'll feed you even in parched regions. He'll give you renewed strength. And, when you, uh, and you'll be like a well-watered garden, like a spring that continually produces water. For God, our God is our defender forever. Ever. He guides us. Who is a teacher like him? 
Wow, come on. We're coming into the year of acceleration. If you ever played a computer game, there are, well, I play computer games with, with my son, Zach. I sometimes fall so far behind the very last person on the race. Imagine a racing video game, right? That the, 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 the computer is eventually merciful towards me and it does what you call a catch-up. It kind of picks me up and accelerates me and brings me right up at least to the next to the last person in the race. Sometimes Sometimes it even accelerates you past loads of other people and it places you down as if you'd not missed a step or a beat. And I believe that's what God is going to do this year. He is going to pick some of us up and he's going to accelerate us as if there was not a moment wasted by 2020. He's going to bring you into new things and you're going to realize you have not missed out. He has restored the years that the locust has eaten. He's brought you through with acceleration. I've got to be honest with some of you, get this perspective. Even think of train tracks now, even though some things have felt like they're pausing and stopping, you're going to discover in this season, other things parallel have been accelerating under God. And you are going to find that God has accelerated you into new things by using the last season. We are coming to a season of acceleration. Wow, that's just my little bit from this morning. That isn't in the book. That's just something that I felt as I woke up this morning. It's time for acceleration, people. The prophetic words of God are so important. In uh, 1 Timothy and uh, chapter 1 and verse 18, the apostle Paul is talking to his spiritual son, Timothy, and he says this, Timothy, my son, I give you these instructions in keeping with the prophecies once made about you so that by following them, what the prophecies, you may fight a good fight. Prophecies enable you to fight a good fight fight, to fight the right fight. I'll be honest at the moment, it's possible to become engaged in the wrong fight. I've said uh, several times lately in the last couple of months while I've been preaching to you online, I've talked about the fact that psychologists uh, talk about the reality that we actually all live in our own narrative, our own storyline. Uh, we simply cannot take in all of reality around about us, partly because, number one, it's not all real. <laughs> Half the stuff that goes on is, is lies and shadows and exaggerations, you know, the world that we live in. And so we create this narrative that is our storyline. It's the story of our families. It's the story of the journey that we're on. It's For Christians, it's the story of our journey with God. It's a narrative. There's lots of other stories flying around at the moment. There's the story of, or oh, what's, what's hitting the headlines? What might be trying to steal your narrative? You might be out there and you are really into the narrative of, 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 of COVID and all that's happening with the pandemic. You might be anti-COVID or anti-lockdown. You, you might think it's a bit of a hoax, um, which I... Well, let's not go there. There are other people that are, are pro-vaccine, joyful that this has come along, others that are anti-vaxxers. There's narratives, there's storylines, and we're getting all of our information. Some people are, are pro-Trump, some people are, are anti-Trump, right? There's all sorts of things. Oh, what have we faced at the moment? Brexit. Some are pro-Brexit, some are Remainers and really wish it wasn't all going on. These are all narratives, listen to this really carefully now, that you can choose to engage your heart in deep or not. I'm not saying that there aren't important things that we don't have to take notice of, but I want you to catch something. We have a lot of choice about what we choose to focus on. Whose narrative will you believe? If you spend all your time listening to the news, you're going to end up with a narrative given by that particular news channel. 
Let me put it a slightly different way. Whose report will you believe? Or you get where I'm going? I will believe the report of the Lord. When those 12 spies went into the promised land and 10 came back whinging and two came back with faith that they could take that promised land, well, the people were shaken by the wrong narrative. They took the narrative of the 10 instead of God's narrative that was in the two. Whose report are you believing? I'm not saying what's right or wrong about all these issues in life. Some of it will be right, some of it will be wrong. The sad thing is with all the misinformation and confusion and hyperbole in the world right now, it's very hard for everyday people. In fact, it's very hard for very, very skilled and wise people to truly know what the truth is. So here's what I've given myself to in this time. I've decided I'm going to wrap my life up in the report of the Lord, the narrative of the Lord, not what a government's doing, not what is happening in US elections, not what a pandemic's doing. My major focus, even though I have to deal with some of these other things in life, my major focus is going to be this. I'm taken up with the narrative of God. I'm taken up, which is why I read this scripture, with prophecies from heaven, because I've never known a more prophetic season in my life. God is speaking and it means more to me than the BBC or Boris or foreign journalists or some papers that you love and things that you don't love. It means more to me than the opinion of friends. I want to know what the word of the Lord is. That is my narrative. And by that, I'll be able to, Paul says to Timothy, fight a good fight. You and I have a fight to fight in 2021. And let me tell you, you do not need newspaper headlines to help you. You need the word of the Lord. And that's what I want to share with you. And I want to stir you up to go seek God and stretch for it yourself as well. Let's get immersed in God's narrative because there's work to do for the kingdom. Okay, there's work to do for the kingdom. In this new book that I've written, The Divine Reset, um, I kind of go through some of the prophetic words and I just want to share a couple with you this morning before we run out of time. Um, and, but let me give a little bit of context for it for a moment before I read to you kind of a major prophetic word that I'm then going to unwrap further tonight in the in-person service. Um, here's just a few things to think about. God has been speaking so powerfully this year. It, it shouldn't amaze us as Christians that this year has not surprised God. Last year, 2020, has not surprised God. The pandemic hasn't. Even the reaction of governments, whether you agree with it or not, has not surprised God. In um, September 2019, in September 2019, I had a dream. And in the dream, I was wearing a watch, something that I don't normally do. And it was a, it was a classic watch with hands, okay, not a digital watch. And um, you know how you get a little square where the date protrudes through? Well, in my dream, the date square had protruded through and stopped the hands from turning. They delayed, they'd hindered the hands from turning around. Uh, I then had a second dream the same night. And in that dream, I was walking and instinctively I knew in my dream it was daytime, but it was completely dark, listen to this, as if the sun had been delayed in the sky. I, I, I checked my, my prophetic journal where I write down all my dreams and words that God give, gives me, and I checked it a little while ago. And in the journal, after both those dreams, the next morning when I note, noted the dreams down, I wrote next to it, a pause is coming. 
Well, as you know, I've already said many times, uh, Dr. Sharon Stone, who's with us this Wednesday, was with us the beginning of last year, January the 18th, I believe it was. And she prophesied a new era is coming. But she said, but first there will be a short pause. We are living in a pause time. That's what we've lived through in 2020. And the pause has been prophesied by God. I'm not saying, saying it's been designed or made by God in the way that God sent COVID. I've got to be honest, the reality of that is above my pay grade. So I don't really go there. I know God is good. But here's what I do know, Romans 8, 28, that God works all things together for good and he works around our brokenness and our need and he's used it. And I believe, listen to this phrase, this pause has had a purpose. As much as it's frustrated me, and I'm sure it's frustrated you, and lockdowns have been frustrating, and at times it's been scary and, a, and, and caused anxiety. At other times it's just sheer frustration. At times we understand the rules. At other times we really don't get it. At times we feel blessed by what's going on uh, uh, and how people are helping each other. At other times we feel frustrated and misled by misinformation. It's been a very, very confusing and difficult time. And I've got to tell you this, in sympathy with the governments of the world right now, it must be a hell of a time to try and lead in this time. So I don't automatically think that where things have gone wrong that it's been on purpose at all. I'm no conspiracy theorist, but it's been a tough season. But here's what I know at the centre. Here's the narrative that I want us to grasp. The pause has had a purpose in God. I believe we're going to come out of it this time, having said, you know what? <laughs> it might take us five years from now to realise it, but we'll go, do you know what? That was a transformational pivotal time in my life and in the life of the church and while there's going to be some very great sadness and some grieving go on and we don't make light of that or come out with trite statements about it there's there's another side where I believe many are going to say somehow that really difficult time it made us the pause had a purpose in God he has brought something powerful out of it and the phrase that I got before I ever heard about um, anything of the Great Reset, which is another conspiracy thing online, whether you agree with it or not, uh, I won't go into that. But the word reset came to mind before I ever knew that it was going to be something that was happening in secular terms with economics and global warming and all that kind of stuff. God is doing a divine reset, hence why I've called my new book that. Listen to what reset means. This is a dictionary definition. It says to set again. Think of it. He is setting your life again in this season. To set, to adjust, to fix in a new or different way. God is fixing lives and churches and ministries in a different way. It's a restart. He's turning it off and turning it on again. Anybody? That's what every IT department tells you to do, right? Have you turned it off and on again? Okay, catch this phrase for a moment, because at the moment we're very aware that lots of things have been switched off. We're not meeting as frequently in church. We can't sing. We have to wear masks. Uh, lots of other areas of life, hugely disrupted lockdowns. Uh, we, ha we had a, a call from our friends in Australia just the other day. They had six cases and suddenly all of the state of Victoria locked down again. No more than I think it's 15 can meet. I mean, there is disruption. There's stop, pause everywhere. But listen, reset is turning it off and turning it on again. I want you to realize that 
God has powered down and paused many things in church life. And I think it's been more powerful at a deep level in our lives than we know, even though we're also filled with frustration. But understand this, God is about to switch things back on again. It's not just a stop, it's a start. It's not just an end, it's a new beginning. I believe the power of God is coming to bring that acceleration that I started talking about at the very, very beginning of this talk. God is bringing acceleration that is gonna cause a new release of power, a new release of purity, a new release of grace, new blueprints, new strategies, new ideas are gonna begin to flow from heaven because God is about to switch things back on again. Better get your shoelaces tied and get ready to rumble, right? God's about to move. The thesaurus talks of, uh, gives us synonyms of reset. Words like this, reconstructed, transformed, altered, amended, corrected, improved, reestablished, regenerated, renewed, reorganized, revised, revolutionized, reworked. It hasn't got the word revived, but it should have. I think that's a great word for this. God is reviving, re restoring, renewing the church. That's what he's doing right now. And so we want to have a little bit of a sense of, well, in all of this renewal, what is God saying? And so what I want to do, because I want you to begin to trust God that in the midst of all the trouble around the world, there is another narrative, the word of the Lord. And he's been switching things off in order to switch things on again. He is resetting the church, I believe, ready for a powerful season in God. If we can get our focus back on the word of the Lord so we can fight the good fight and not waste our time fighting other fights, okay? The word of God for the new era, it's been amazing. As you you probably know, I did something called the Prophet Speak in, I think it was May, end of April, beginning of May, 2020. And it was, I don't know, a dozen, 15 prophets around the world, all speaking about what they believe God has been saying in this time. It was so, so powerful, so helpful. And uh, uh, I had so many great responses about it. I intend to do it in the middle of January as well this year, because I believe the word of the Lord is still coming clear and true right now. Um, But here's the thing. So many of the words from different prophets on different continents around the world lined up with clarity. God has been saying the same thing again and again through many. And part of what the book does is collate a lot of what God is saying and kind of crystallize it into, into a few words, let's say, or a few paragraphs. But then here's the thing. I then begin to break into it and open up some of the key things that I believe God wants to do. A dream I had a little while ago. And in the dream, God was teaching me. And he went through some theology, actually, in, in the teaching. But here was the, the idea that came out of the dream. Um, in order to be righteous, we, we still need to do what God says, right? Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. How did Abraham believe God? He didn't believe it by just going, well, I mentally assent that something is true, which is how we kind of approach belief sometimes. We split it up a little bit too much and think, well, it's just about how I think. No, Abraham left his land and, and, and he headed off on an adventure with God. His legs had to move and that was the proof of his belief. Faith without works is dead. And so these words have an action attached to 
them. We have to begin to do what God has been saying about this divine reset time. The pause has a purpose, but it's going to require that we engage with it and begin to do different things, speak in different ways, engage in different forms of walking with God as he speaks to us. So I want to end my talk today just by reading this prophetic word to you that's in the middle of the book, and it pretty well sums up everything that I believe God is saying in short form. Then tonight I'm going to open up a few of the points a little bit further when we meet in person. We have restricted tonight's numbers, by the way, down to no more than 85. Um, we didn't want to gather over 150 people while we're still questioning what this new transmission rate looks like and things like that. So there's going to be lots and lots of space in the service tonight if you are planning to come um, we've cut the numbers down, but I'm going to preach it and what, we'll, what I say will be podcasted so you'll be able to catch it on the Revived Church podcast afterwards. But here, let me end by reading to you a prophetic word that I believe sums up a lot of what God is saying right now. Are you ready? Listen to this. Out of the storms and shaking of this new dawn will form in my people a clear new vision, accompanied by an unveiling of fresh power, purity and my strategies for this time. In the midst of the shaken, a movement of my judgment and justice has been sweeping the earth and will not cease until I've accomplished all that needs to be prepared for this new time. A cleansing of my people is at work in your hearts and a breaking out from injustice is at work in the world. There is yet more to be unveiled, more to be confronted, more to be purified and cleansed, ready for the next great movement of my spirit in the earth. But do not fret. I am at work in the midst of the fear, the storms and the limitations. I'm calling my people back to the prayer rooms in droves in this season to encounter my presence and thus release my glory among you. My jealousy for your intimacy is calling out to your heart and from that undistracted place will flow waves of outpouring, releasing miraculous power and amplification of my voice in your heart. Dreams, visions, encounters, visitations and manifestations will become increasingly commonplace for you as I gradually raise the intensity of my presence among you. You are to be found in my strategy rooms, receiving fresh blueprints for this season, forsaking old methods and embracing new graces and mantles prepared long ago for you. From the prayer rooms and the strategy rooms will rise in you an embracing of the kingdom mandate to restore all things like no generation has done before. Your hearts will break over the state of your nation, your city, your neighbours and your work colleagues. This is about more than just a harvest, though many souls will be saved. This is about restoration and kingdom come. The passion for transformation will begin to stir in you like a fire shut up in your bones. You will no longer be content to play church and waste time on the mere trinkets of Christianity. I'm releasing in you a sense of responsibility for your land and for your world because it is time for the reordering of all things until one day we will say the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God, Revelation 11:15. The stirring that is growing in your heart, even now, will lead to a journey of personal reinvention and divine innovation, resulting in a transformation of the very behaviours, methods and even some beliefs of many Christians. While the essentials of my gospel remain untouched, rather than live safely within the doctrinal walls of your favourite denomination, I'm calling you out to a brave new era through the unveiling of new ideas, new graces and new perspectives in ministry.
Some will call it a new age of innovation in the church. Adventure, explore, run in the sheer joy of my counsel, my people, for I'm about to perform a wonder in the earth that will usher many into the kingdom. The prideful pretense of unity among my people grieves my heart. And so I'm about to release a fresh grace in you for new collaborative endeavours. You will be overjoyed with the work of grace in your heart that begins to find pure, selfless pleasure in the family of my people. Rather than conducting mere unity events, I will empower you to walk in a new spirit of collaboration, partnership and alliance. I'm also forming great new apostolic tribes of brothers and sisters in this day, all joined in love, filled with joy, kissed with my favour. Many of the old organisational structures of your youth will be deconstructed and crumble at the weight and the speed of the innovations. Pace and glory about to be released. Look for true fellowship, for there you will find my favour. Just a couple more paragraphs. I am releasing the spirit of Elijah upon the earth. Matthew 17, 11 to 13. The hearts of the fathers and the children will be brought to a place of sweet unity. I'm no longer content to move only in the middle ground. I'm moving to the edges and releasing a glory over the little children and an empowering upon an older generation. This will be a sign in the earth. Little ones will lead them, Isaiah 11:6. while your old men will dream dreams and their hearts will throb and swell with joy. Look out for the rise of the fathers and mothers in the church like never before. A new mission mandate is being placed before the older generation who will embrace the call to mission even in their final years on earth. A generation is arising that will seek me for refinement more than retirement. With every new movement of heaven there's a sound and this day shall be no different. From the prayer rooms of my house, I hear a new sound arising. It's a sound of war, a sound of worship, a sound of declaration of victory. But you shall not only hear the sounds of my people as they are stirred, but also the sounds of heaven. The trumpet blasts of my purposes are being released. The mobilized angelic hosts are cheering. The joy of the whole earth is coming among you. You cannot be silent, my people. You must sing, you must shout, you must declare. Let us do that together, you and I, heaven and earth, in unison. Many worship ministries will be lifted from the human platforms of the earth to the throne room of heaven in this coming era. Many will sing as if seeing the very face of God. Prophetic psalmists will melt the hearts of the authorities of this earth. And as I did in Jehovah, Hosaphat's day, my glory will be revealed among the praises of my people. Let your new sound arise. So, my people, do not be afraid. Faint not. This is not an end. It's a beginning. And what is more, I am with you and I have gone before you. You shall not fail, but rather all will be unveiled and we shall strive the earth together in this time that the kingdom would be seen in the nations. Whew, that was a bit longer than I anticipated. I hope you got something from that. God is about to do something incredible. He's about to turn on his purposes after this period of pause, this time of pause. Make sure you have made the most of this pause time because these things are about to be unveiled and stirred in God's people. Make sure you are about, around, engaged in the correct narrative. Fight the good fight. Listen to the narrative of heaven. Whose report will you believe? I will believe the report of the Lord.
in order to give us time just to focus and dwell on the things that God has said. I can think of no better song than turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face. We want to live with the narrative of Jesus, the words, the report of Jesus burning in our hearts in this season so that we can not be distracted by the trouble in the world, though we're here to help, but instead we can walk with the strength of heaven into a brave new day.